Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. God can use my struggle. I know he can. I know he will. I may not see it, but I trust that he's going to use this for good. How can a person's spirituality help her when it comes to coping with her congenital heart defect? What spiritual practices can help heart warriors? Why would a heart warrior be willing to talk about her spirituality? Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski and the host of your program. I am also a heart mom to Alexander, who was born with a single ventricle heart. Alex is the reason I am the host of your program. I'm very excited for today's show to feature a very special heart warrior. Today's show is entitled Spirituality and My Congenital Heart Defect. My loyal listeners will remember Allison from season 13 when she was on Heart to Heart with Anna in an episode entitled Thriving with CHD. Allison Holmes was born in 1972 with seven heart defects, and she is also a cancer survivor. She has been evaluated twice for the heart and lung transplant list, but is not on the list at this time. As due to situs inversus, doctors are not sure how to hook up the healthy heart and lungs to the rest of her organs. At present, her heart condition seems to be stable, but she is dealing with pulmonary hypertension. She works as an ESL tutor from home and volunteers with Meals on Wheels, Carolina Waterfowl Rescue, and Hearts Unite the Globe. She is also an Adult Congenital Heart Association Ambassador for North Carolina. Allison feels that her spiritual beliefs have helped her through her CHD journey. In the first segment, we'll meet Allison and discover a little bit more about her health journey. The second segment will involve us learning about how her spirituality has helped her on that journey. And in the last segment, we'll learn about Allison's future. Welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna, Allison. Hey, Anna. Nice to be here. It's so nice to talk to you again. It's been far too long. It has been a while. Allison, you discussed your congenital heart defect on the program in 2019, but perhaps not all of my listeners have heard that episode. Friends, the link will be in the show notes, which is the description of the show. But why don't we just do a little synopsis of your condition? I was born with seven defects, a single ventricle. The left ventricle is hypoplastic, transposition of the great vessels, double outlet right ventricle, pulmonary stenosis, mitral valve atresia, ASD, and VSD. I think one of the things that surprised me the most when we talked last time was that even though you have a single ventricle heart, you don't have a Fontan. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the procedures that you have had? 
I had my first surgery around the age of one. I had the BT tousing shunt. And while they were closing me up, that shunt thrombosed and they had to go back in. Another doctor was called in, Dr. Robachek, and he came in and he placed the Waterston shunt. Now, that shunt was a little bit too big for my heart. According to my mom, she told me that the doctor said it was a little too big, but I grew into it and it sustained me until I had to have my neck surgery at the age of 19. During that time, I had numerous cats and different things, but no more open heart surgeries. That's just amazing to me because the laundry list of artifacts that you told us about is extensive and very complicated. It is. And I actually didn't know that I was a single ventricle until I was in my 30s. The doctors really just only said I had transposition of the great vest. But then I started digging into my medical records because I wanted to fully understand my situation better Mm -hmm. so I could communicate with my doctors better. And I found all of the things that were in my record, and I was just shocked. (laughs) Yeah, it went from being a simple label, transposition, to something much more complex. But I think in the last 15 years, but especially the last 10 years, Allison, that the doctors have become a little bit better at being more precise with the labels that they use with their patients. Don't you think so? Yes, I do. I think these days people are told in more detail about what their condition is. I was having a conversation with my mom about it. And I said, didn't you know that I had a single ventricle when I was little? And she's like, no, all I knew is you had transposition of the great vessels. And I think she also knew about ASD or VSD. I'm not sure which one, but that was it. I think doctors may have done that because they didn't want to overwhelm. Sure. You know, the, I the think parents. you're right. And yeah. we just didn't have access to the internet when you were a baby. No. There was no internet. People couldn't go on and ask Dr. Google, what does this mean? And at that time, it feels like doctors were kind of close to God. And and everybody was just expected to listen to what the doctor said, trust the doctor. But nowadays, people question, people research, people are expected to be their own advocates and to know more about their conditions. I'm kind of glad on one hand that I didn't know maybe it helped me in that I wasn't overwhelmed. While I was always told, you're not going to live or you're going to live to be this age and then you'll live to be this age. And they always changed it once I met their milestone. Um, <laughs> finally, they you, stopped, <laughs> finally, they stopped saying that. And I'm glad it kind of sheltered me a little bit and helped me to live an active childhood as active as I could. And so... On one hand, I'm glad that I wasn't worried about it all the time. And on the other hand, I wonder. Yeah. And you've had so many things that you've had to deal with. It wasn't just growing up with a really complicated congenital heart defect, but you also ended up getting cancer. So tell us a little bit about your cancer journey. When I was 28 years old, I began to have a lot of lower back pain. Then I started having chronic kidney infections. While I was being treated for them, they weren't responding to antibiotics. And I also had a lot of what the doctor called osteoarthralgia, a lot of pain in the long bones of my legs and in the joints. Mm -hmm. I felt very old and I had a lot of fatigue. Mm -hmm. They did a PET scan and in that PET scan, the tech asked, do you have one kidney or two? And because of my 
weird anatomy. I didn't think anything about it, really. I said, I have two. Well, the scan only showed one kidney. Wow. No one from the doctor's office came and said anything. They dropped the ball. And I never heard anything about that. And I didn't get any better. My body didn't respond to the antibiotics and there was no other treatment offered. I went to the heart doctor twice a year. When I went to see my cardiologist, I told him what was going on and he could look at me and see that I was not feeling well. He said, we're going to send you to Chapel Hill to be evaluated for the heart and lung transplant list. During the evaluation, they do all kind of workups, and they were doing an ultrasound on my abdominal region. And the tech stopped, and she said, I need to go get my supervisor. So the supervisor came in, and they looked at the scan, and then they said, I think there may be a tumor here. Oh, my goodness. And so then the heart and lung evaluation was stopped and I was sent to an oncologist. Then after the initial visit with the oncologist, they set up the surgery for the radical nephrectomy. Unfortunately, they were not able to do it laparoscopically. The tumor was the size of a small apple. My goodness. They had to cut me. I have a huge scar. It looks like jaws got me. (laughs) So they took out the kidney and the lymph nodes and adrenal glands in that area. It was a pretty difficult recovery. I don't remember much about being in the hospital. I do remember the ride home. It was very bumpy and painful. But wait a second. You said the one person dropped the ball as far as only being able to see one kidney. Were there two kidneys there? Because you just said you had a kidney removed. Yeah, I had two kidneys. So you had two kidneys, but one of them had the tumor I think at that time, that kidney had actually shut down, and that's why they couldn't see it. You still have one kidney. Yes. You took one, and you still have one. Yes. Okay, got it. And then that explains why you were having all those kidney infections, doesn't it? Yep. Oh, my. After the kidney was removed and I recovered from the surgery, I bounced back to my normal level of functioning. I had no chemo, no radiation, no further treatments. I did have some visits with the oncologist after that. That's been 20 years ago. That's amazing. No chemo, no radiation. And for you to feel so much better than what you had been feeling. That's amazing. So what was the biggest lesson that you learned in surviving not only open heart surgery, but this horrible run-in with cancer? Life is not easy, nor is it fair. And don't take it for granted. We can't take life for granted because we just never know what could come our way. But really believe that God is watching over my life. I can get through the hard things if I lean on Him, which I've had to do. Facing those things was very difficult, and I had to lean on Him. And God can use my struggle. I know He can. I know He will. I may not see it, but I trust that he's going to use this for good. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. 
I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home tonight forever. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Allison, when you and I were getting to know each other better through the volunteer work that you did with Hearts Unite the Globe, we started talking about spirituality. I feel that's a topic we don't talk about very much as a community. So let's start by having you share with me, if you will, what kind of religious upbringing you had. My mother took me to church from a very young age. We initially went to a Baptist church, then we went to Pentecostal churches. But church was a very integral part of our lives. I had a big family, so we all were involved in church Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. It's kind of like our home away from home. Mm-hmm. I remember those days fondly. We had a, a lot of great memories and a lot of good times. And that's where my Christian foundation was built. And the importance of having a relationship with Christ was instilled in me. I think it's really important to have that good foundation. And I know for me, when Alexander was in the hospital having that first surgery, one of the first things I did was send my husband home to get my Bible. It was really important for me to have that there and for me to be able to pray, even if I didn't use the prayers that I grew up with. What religious items, if any, have brought you comfort while dealing with your CHD and cancer journeys? Definitely my Bible. I remember when I was 19 and I had the open heart surgery that I remembered. I had gone through it before, but I didn't remember going through it. And of course, as a young woman, I was very scared and unsure of what was going to happen. So I spent a lot of time in the Bible, reading the Bible, reading the Psalms. It was very comforting to me. I had people praying for me, my mom Mm -hmm. and dad talking to me and ministers and other people in the church, lifting me up in prayer. Psalms 23 was very good because I thought perhaps it might be my time and I wanted to be prepared. And that kind of gave me comfort that he would be with me even in the valley of the shadow of death. And then Jeremiah 29, 11 was really good for me. It gave me hope for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you future and hope. And then Psalm 139 really even today, speaks to me. If I could just read that psalm, can I read that? Absolutely. Please do. For you created me in my utmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. My soul knows that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. To me, that's very powerful. I've seen so many other people use that passage. When we do talk about religion on Facebook and some of the groups, that's the one passage that I've seen come up over and over. For me, as a congenital heart patient, that speaks to my heart because it helps me to know that he knew I was going to be born this way. He Mm -hmm. planned it for a reason, and he planned my days for me. He knows what my life is going to be like. He's preparing me for it every day in every way. I trust that. Reading the Bible is where I get comfort, where I learn to trust the Lord. Also, just reflecting on all of the things that he's brought me through. It supports my faith when I look back and I see all of the things he's brought me through. And spending time with people of faith is so important because you're going to hear their stories. Yes. And you're going to be able to share in their suffering, share in their joy. And that's what the church is for. And it's also to reach people who are not in the church to give them that support and hope. I love that. One thing that's hard to reconcile with my belief in an all-powerful and loving God is the fact that I've lost friends. And friends of mine have lost their children. Dealing with survivor's guilt has probably been my most common source of depression while living in a CHD world. How have you reconciled that situation, Allison? I've seen a lot of suffering in my life. I've seen suffering in lives of people that I love, and it does make you wonder. I don't know if reconciled is the appropriate word, but I just trust that all of the things that happen are God's will and they're used for His good purpose. When we're suffering, it's not easy, but there are some positive things that come from suffering. When we're in the suffering, we don't think about that, but suffering will draw us to God. It can Mm -hmm. draw us to Him, and it can help build our character, make us stronger. Yes, sometimes I feel like God expects too much of my character. (laughs) But you're right. It's sometimes we're tested. And when we survive that, I think you're right. It makes us a better person. It makes us the person God wanted us to be. And we couldn't do that if we didn't go through the hard times. Right. And it also helps us to empathize with others. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Empathy is one of those things that is different than sympathy. And I think a lot of people get those two words confused, Mm -hmm. but you can sympathize with somebody who's going through something that you've never been through before. You can only empathize with somebody who's been through something similar to what you've been through. So you have to go through the hard times in order to be empathetic. Yeah. Have you found that having gone through those experiences, you've been able to reach out to people in your church? I've been able to reach out to other people in church and just everywhere in life. People who are not like me, people who have other problems that I have never experienced. It just helps me to identify with people in a way that I don't think I would have been able to otherwise. 
Living with chronic illness gives you a different perspective, doesn't it, Allison? It does. And I think it gives you a little bit of humility. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Allison, you told me that you believe God has a plan for you. Can you elaborate what you mean by that expression? I just feel that he has a plan for my life. I am still unsure of what that plan is, other than to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to care for people when I can, serve them when I can. Maybe his plan will unfold later in my life, just like My friend Belen Blanton says she's just now found her purpose in life, which is her foundation. His plan for my life, as I can tell from the Bible and from what the Holy Spirit speaks to me, is to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to tell what he has done for me and to help others when they are hurting and to take life one day at a time and Mm -hmm. trust in him to get me through what's coming next. Right now, that's his plan for me, and I will learn more as he unfolds it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so much like you do. I feel that all my life, God has had a plan for me, and that that plan has changed as I've gotten older and as different things have happened to me. And you're right. We may not even know exactly what our plan was. How does your spirituality influence your plans for the future? I just plan to live one day at a time and try to get the most joy out of life that I can, continue helping with the elderly. I have a heart for the elderly and helping other heart warriors when I can, when the opportunity arises, and to trust God with whatever comes my way because I just don't think I could get through it without Him. I know I couldn't. I would be a hot mess. (laughs) You know, I'm still a hot mess sometimes, but when I feel that way, I go to God and I say, look, I'm struggling here. I need strength. And I go to his word and it strengthens me and I go fellowship with other Christians and I'm strengthened with a chronic CHD like I have. Thinking about the future can be scary sure, because it's uncertain. I plan to live one day at a time and take what God gives me and use it to the best of my ability for good. I've been a recipient of your good works. 
because you've helped me with the podcast and I've really appreciated it when you do that. And I feel that what we're doing with the podcast is part of God's mission. For me, I have felt very much that this is something God prepared me for. I agree. We're getting more awareness about congenital heart disease. I wholeheartedly agree. You're helping a very much underserved community, just like me. The doctors don't know what's going to happen with me next. We're just Mm kind of in a wait and see kind of thing. But as time goes on, they're going to learn more and they're going to know more and better things are coming. And that's my hope. What is encouraging to me, Allison, is that it feels as though medical technology has been able to keep a step ahead of what you've needed, a step ahead, or maybe two or three, of what my son Alexander has needed. And that is very encouraging because you're right, there are so many uncertainties. But the interesting thing is, I have a son who's heart healthy and I have a son with a single ventricle heart. And life is uncertain for both of them. I think one of the things that we realize as we get older, especially, is that our futures are not predestined for us to know. We have to live it out. And having faith for me helps me to live each day with purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I never know. It could be my last day. Yeah. Even though I don't have a heart defect. Right now we have COVID looming over us. But there have always been pneumonia, all kinds of illnesses, car accidents, drownings. I mean, there have been so many different things that could happen to any one of us that I feel it behooves us to live each day as if it were our last and make the most out of it, to tell people you love them, Mm -hmm. to remember to thank God for what we do have, because each day has been such a blessing and a gift. Yes, even the most mundane. Absolutely. You've been living with CHD for decades now. It seems weird to say that, but yeah, you've been living with it for decades. And it's not uncommon for people when they're facing a huge medical challenge to doubt or question their faith. I've talked to other people who are living with CHD and they feel that a loving God wouldn't give them a CHD. You've turned it on its head and feel like God gave you that CHD for a higher purpose. So tell me what advice you would have for people who are facing difficult times and they're questioning their faith. Questioning faith is not new. It's something that people have done for ages. You read the Bible and you can see even the disciples question their faith. And I've questioned my faith, but I do believe and I just pray that the Lord will help me when I'm weak in my faith. And he does. So read your Bible. Talk to other Christians. I get so much encouragement from sharing with other Christian ladies about what we've all gone through. It's very encouraging, uplifting, and just keep trusting. I look back on my life and I see all of the things that God has brought me through and not just medical issues, but so many other things that I've come through that I have to think there's no other way, but the hand of God brought Mm -hmm. me through that. So when it's hard to trust, pray. When your faith feels weak, read your Bible, talk to someone that you know is a good Christian person and that can 
give you that shoulder to lean on and pray with you. Oh, I believe, yeah, I believe in the power of prayer. And sometimes we do need somebody else praying for us. Sometimes we need somebody else Yeah, to hold your hand and say, you're not going through this alone. Yeah, yeah, I'm here with you. God is always with us, but we don't always feel like it. There are times we feel abandoned, and it's a very frightening feeling to feel like you're going through something all alone. Yeah, it is. I completely relate to that. That's when we need to turn to God more, though. We need to pray harder, read our Bible more, and just be with other Christians who can support you. One of the other things that has given me some strength is my education. I went to a Catholic college, and I learned that it's okay to question your faith, but also God helps those who help himself or herself, in our case, since we're both women, and that it's okay for me to turn to science sometimes to get answers that don't seem obvious, because I'm not a doctor. I'm just an average person. It's okay for me to do that research. It's okay for me to reach out to other people who know a lot more than I do to help me understand. What advice would you have specifically for Heart Warriors, since this is Heart to Heart with Anna, as far as planning for their future, especially as they age, Allison? Because you did probably mystify all of your doctors. I kept thinking, oh, Allison, you're only going to live till you're this age. Oh, and then you would go back in and you made that milestone. And he said, well, you're probably not going to live past this age. And then you did. And now they've given up on giving you a limit. But what advice do you have for heart warriors like you who are aging? I think it's very important that you stay in care with your adult congenital cardiologist. Or if you don't have an adult congenital cardiologist, stay in with your pediatric cardiologist. I was in with a pediatric cardiologist until I was in my 30s. So (laughs) it's just recently in the last several years that I had an adult congenital doctor. If I had not been in the care of, of a congenital cardiologist when I had the cancer, I may not be here. I feel like the doctors are God's tools. And I'm here because I was in care. And I feel like if I had not been in care, I probably would not be here. So I would encourage people to stay in the care of an adult congenital cardiologist. I think that's excellent advice because faith will definitely get you through a lot of hard times. But having those doctors who I believe have been touched by God, I believe people who are in the medical profession they're doing God's handiwork. Absolutely. And it's okay for us to trust them, and it's okay for us to pray for them. I always prayed for my son's doctors and nurses and therapists, and I believe that God was in all of those people. I even thanked the janitors and prayed for the janitors because they were the ones who were keeping the rooms clean and to hopefully prevent germs from attacking my son. Yeah. I have a student who is a doctor, and he tells me that he always prays before every procedure. I would like to think that my doctor would pray before the procedure, and I'm sure there are doctors out there who do, but whether they do or not, and whether they know it or not, they are tools, and they are used by the hand of God to heal and to save lives. I wholeheartedly believe that. 
I do too. And I know that you had a special poem that you wanted to share with my listeners before we close the program. It's actually a poem by Ruth Bell Graham, that's Billy Graham's wife. When we come to know Jesus as Savior and accept him as master as well, he is more than anyone told us and more than we could ever tell. Short and sweet and to the point. I very love power- it. It's very powerful. I love it. It speaks to my heart. Absolutely. Thank you so much for making yourself vulnerable, Allison, and talking to me about this very important topic. I know a lot of people are afraid to talk about their religious beliefs because it's easy for people to not really understand and you're afraid of alienating anybody. But I believe that what you just did with me today was a testament to what God's purpose is for you. I hope that someone will hear it. And when they're feeling down, when they're feeling like they can't go on, that they'll pick up the Bible and they'll read it or they'll call one of their Christian friends and ask for prayer. God's word tells us that when we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. I found it true in my life, and I believe that message is for everyone. It is, and that's a perfect way for us to end the program. Thank you, Allison. That does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today, my friends. If you enjoyed this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna, please kindly leave a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to the program. This will help others to know what they can expect to hear. Thank you, and remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.